right, welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm Darlene, I'm your host, and today we're going to talk about what to do when your child is going through something hard or they are worried about something, they have something on their mind, and they want to keep processing it with you, like they want to keep talking about it with you. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three strategies, three things that you can do to kind of move through those moments when your kid is kind of going on and on and on. And the example from my life about this is when my son, one of my sons, I won't say which, you guys can kind of think about it, but when he got braces and it was just such a difficult thing for him to go through. He was really worried about getting them and complained about getting them in the first place. And then when he got his braces, he was really uncomfortable that first day. And for him, it's really hard for him when he is in physical discomfort. He kind of needs to talk about it a lot and process it a lot. And in that afternoon and evening when, you know, it really started to hurt, he really went into what I think of as a negative thought spiral. He really started to feel worried and anxious about the pain of it. And really what was going on for him is he was worried that the pain wasn't going to go away, that it was going to be, you know, forever, right? And so he was sort of stuck and in his big feelings. And, you know, he was a teenager at the time, so it didn't look like, you know, a baby temper tantrum or a toddler temper tantrum. It looked kind of like a, you know, middle school version of that, which is sort of, oh, why'd you make me do this? And I don't want to do this. And it's not going to hurt. And this is my body and you shouldn't have made me do this. And, you know, really kind of a lot of, um, a lot of sentences. Okay. And that day I had a lot of capacity to be a compassionate witness for him and to listen and to offer support. And so what does that look like in practice, right? It really looks like creating an environment that is very safe to express your negative emotion. And how I handle that is using connection and talking it through by, you know, really narrating the circumstance back to the person. Hey, yeah, you got braces. Yes, that's true. Uh, They are really uncomfortable. Um, It's starting to hurt. Sort of narrating back what the person is experiencing. And then sort of Sometimes I will narrate how they're behaving. Yeah, and you're like talking about it a lot and, you know, you want to talk to me about it. And so I'll say, you know, I wonder if you're feeling, you know, are you, are you stressed? Are you, are you in pain, right? Just listening to them talk about their experience. That is compassionate listening. Listening with compassion, with validating that their emotion is fine not trying to convince them out of that emotion, just being in it with them. And I was in it with him for a really long time. Um, I'm saying like a couple hours. <laughs> and I was just like, fine. I was like, this is a hard night. I'm, I'm a mom. I can dig deep. I can show up for him today with this, you know, in this way with the braces. And so What I noticed while we were, you know, while I was doing my compassionate listening is I could see some of the thought errors or the thoughts that were kind of, he was getting stuck on. And so I actually moved into what I think of as coaching in that moment. 
And I was, you know, he was saying like, this is never going to go away. and It's always going to hurt and they're never coming off. And I started to kind of inquire like, oh, you know, are, are you really thinking it's never going to stop hurting? You know, like you're going to wake up tomorrow and the next day and the next day and it's going to hurt every day just as much as it is today. And he's like, yes. And I said, well, actually, that isn't how braces work. And I gave him a couple of facts. And I was like, can you imagine like a week from now if you didn't feel <clears throat> this badly? I kind of tried to offer to him a new way of thinking. And that's really what coaching is and helping, you know, somebody who is stuck in one thought pattern. This is going to be terrible. This is awful. She shouldn't have done this to me. I don't like this. You know, whatever their thoughts are, they're sort of stuck in a loop. And when you, you know, coach someone, you kind of offer them another way to think about it. And we do this in a variety of ways, which I'm going to get into in this episode. Now, I'm sharing this because that was, you know, that evening and I was in, in it with him and I was willing to connect and be compassionate and then even offer some coaching and see if I could help him shift. Um, and ever since then, every time we go to the orthodontist, the same things come up. <laughs> he, you know, goes in the appointment and is fine and then comes out and is very, very activated. It is like he dips right back into that moment of, you know, almost that the intensity of that first day. It's, it's upsetting and he doesn't like it and it hurts and he wishes they weren't there and he's reminded of how uncomfortable these braces make him. And, you know, he needs to process that, right? So he sort of takes all of that, um, those thoughts and those feelings and he starts to dump them on me. And I have learned that my capacity for listening to the discussion around the braces, I'm sort of done. It's been 18 months now and, you know, how many ever, however many appointments we've had. So, you know, maybe there's been every other month. So there's like 10 times, right, that he's been to the orthodontist. And I don't want to hear the complaint about the braces anymore. Like I have offered the compassion. I have done the coaching and you know, this last time I was like, okay, I'm not open for this. And so I can set a boundary with him and set a limit and say, listen, I love you. And I really like helping you with your big feelings, but I'm not open to hearing you complain about your braces tonight. And, you know, you might need to find another way to cope with this feeling. Like it's not going to be talking to me about it. And that's hard to do with kids. It can be hard to set a clear boundary because we can feel sort of bad as moms that we're supposed to, you know, always be emotionally available for them and, you know, kind of always walk them through their pain and process and all of that. And you're a human and you are going to have moments when you're kind of done, right? And how do you do that? How do you set those limits with your kids? And how do you, how you show up that way? This is how it's really by just being very honest without waiting till you're mad and then being like, stop talking to me about it. That's enough. We've done this so many times. That's what I want to do. But instead recognizing I'm not open for this. And even before going into the appointment, Hey, I know these apartments are hard for you. And I know when you come out, you're usually pretty activated. And I'm just letting you know now that I'm not really open to listening today. 
I don't have the ability to do that in a calm way. That's just setting that limit up, setting that boundary. Now, the way it looks for me is if my kid keeps coming at me and, you know, even when they were little, I'd be like, ah, 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 remember, I'm not open for this right now. Now, if your kid is unwilling to stop, then I'm going to give you some strategies for that. So I'm going to break down these three strategies that I've kind of narrated here in so far in this episode. I'm going to kind of break them down a little bit more. Because I bet you're thinking right now, like, oh my gosh, darling, that all sounds great, but like my kid won't stop. My kid won't stop talking to me. Like they just, they're totally stuck in it. And so how do you handle that, right? And so when you don't have the ability to listen to your kid's complaint or they've done it over and over and over again, and you just really do need them, you don't have it in you, then you're going to practice what I call neutral listening. Neutral listening is listening without listening. It's, you all do this all the time, by the way, as parents. Like when your child starts talking to you about Minecraft and you don't really care, you are neutral listening, right? You're listening without listening. You're like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Oh, what was his name again? Oh, oh, you dug that. Oh, okay. Or really, anytime kids talk to us about their hobbies, we tend to sort of like glaze over. And that's you listening without listening. And your child knows, okay? They know that you're not listening. They'll even be like, you're not listening to me. I just explained that to you. Now, sometimes, to be honest, your children don't even want you to be paying attention to them talking about their hobby or interest or their friend or like this whole thing that happened at school. And you're just like zoned out and you're not really listening. And they don't really even care. Like maybe they notice, but they're just talking. And that's fine, right? Um, Sometimes they do want you to listen and they will say, you're not even listening to me. And when they call you out on it, I want you to be honest. If you don't have the ability to listen and be compassionate and like dig in with them and really validate that emotion, then in that moment, and they catch you out and say, you're not even listening. You can say, you're right. Like, you're right. I'm not listening, honey. I'm not that interested in this. I love you, but I don't really love Minecraft. I'm sorry. Or I love you, but I don't really need to know the history of, you know, who won the Major League Baseball or whatever your kids bring up, right? They want to tell you a whole plot line of like, you know, a Paw Patrol episode, and you're like, I don't even know what they're saying right now. So there's going to be times when they are talking about things that you don't want to listen to. And then they say, you're not listening. And you say, yeah, you're right. I love you. And I just don't, I'm not really that interested in this topic. Or I love you. And I'm, my brain is thinking about other things. Like I'm thinking about dinner right now and how I have to make dinner. Or you know, yes, I do want to hear you sometimes, but not today because I'm a little bit tired. Especially if you're like, I'm a little bit tired because you jack in the box all night long last night, right? And so you have permission to not be 100% on with your kids. But what I see with parents is a lot of times we wait until we're really mad. And then we're like, 
yes, I don't want to talk about it. Like you don't set the boundary early enough. You wait until you're angry and then your anger kind of makes you think you're justified in setting the boundary. And I'm here to tell you, you can set your limit before you're mad. You can like just say, yeah, you're right. I don't, I'm not open for this. Now that's easy in some ways when they're like kind of just talking about something and there's not a lot of emotion around it. But what do you do when there's a lot of emotion, right? When your child's actually upset about something or they're worried about something. So a topic that came up in the Calm Mama Club recently was a child who was worried about going to a a basketball camp in the future. And for several weeks, she was thinking about the camp and like, I'm not going to be good and I'm not going to know anybody. I'm going to have to sit by myself. And, you know, she was kind of stuck in this negative thought spiral. And this podcast episode is really because I wanted to share all of this with you with the coaching I gave to that client because it's so helpful, right? Because she was like, I am sort of done and I don't want, I don't know what to do. I don't want to keep listening. And when I said, you can just say, honey, we have talked about this many times and I love you and I know you're going to be okay and I'm not open to talking about it anymore. That is really practicing calm. When I think about my process, calm, connect, limit, set, correct, right? This is you tapping into what you're capable of and saying yes or saying no. Now, what's really interesting is a lot of times our kids will complain about something and what they're really wanting is for us to change the circumstance for them. They want like a rescue, (laughs) you know, they're like calling out for rescue attempt, like, please just don't send me to basketball. And we will think like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Am I going to? It's it's so hard for them. Can they go through this hard thing? You know, we might be second guessing if we should change the circumstance. Um, And, you know, most of the time, it's probably not in your child's best interest or yours to try to fix the external circumstance. Because really the issue is that your child is not able to manage their own thinking or their own feeling about that circumstance. So the real gift is letting your kid do that hard thing, go through that hard thing, and get to the other side of it. And if we keep changing circumstances for them, sort of rescuing them from the hard thing, they don't get to learn how to overcome that hard thing. And so if So if you're kind of gauging that your child is really just, you know, complaining, complaining with that hope that you're going to change the circumstance, the firmer you are, the more committed you are to the actual uh, camp or the braces or, you know, going to grandma's to sleep over or whatever the hard thing is, the deeper you have in your commitment to it, the easier it is for your child to trust that this is going to be okay. That if you aren't worried, that it kind of, they can borrow some of your belief and they can feel a little bit less worried. So when you're, you know, we were kind of onto your kid and you're like, I think they just want to change the circumstance. That's really easy then for you to say, I'm not open to talking about this anymore because they have emotion, but really they're trying to like kind of argue with you or convince you or something. And you can just say, no, I'm not open to talking about this. It's already done. And I know you have a little bit of worry about it. And I'm sure you can figure out what to do with your big worry. 
So you can just say to your child, I'm not open to talking about this anymore. And if they keep talking, you just go back into your neutral listening. Uh-huh, uh-huh, mm, mm. Oh, mm, huh, okay, yeah, huh, that makes sense, oh. And just kind of like half listening and your child is gonna be like, forget it then, and they might just walk away, which is what you wanted in the first place, right? And it doesn't need to be like a thing. So that's the what first kind of one thing that's available to you. So these are three things that are available to you. One is not listen. Just, you know, not participate in the conversation. Now, what we're working on in Becoming Calm Mamas and in the Calm Mama Club is moving through calm so that we can calm ourselves and manage our emotions enough so that we can show up for our kids with compassion. That's sort of the whole game here, right? Is that we want to help our kids navigate their thoughts and their feelings and give them tools to communicate and cope with their negative emotion in ways that work. So actually stepping into the moment like I did with my son when he first got his braces and just being in it like, yes, let me narrate the circumstance. This is a hard moment. This is really tough. Yes, you got braces today or yeah, you are going to camp and you have a lot of thoughts about it. You're, I, you know, you're saying to me that you're worried or you're saying to me that you're hurt. Yeah, of course you are. And really validating. My favorite sentence for validation is that makes sense. Like it makes sense that you would feel afraid. Especially like for my son, it, it makes sense that you would feel afraid if you thought that you would never not have this pain again. And, or this little girl, like it makes sense that you would feel worried if you're thinking you're going to be the worst player. If you're thinking that you're not going to have any friends there. If you're thinking that you're going to be lonely. So you're kind of validating their emotion and narrating what they're thinking and what they're experiencing. That's, that's all that compassion is. It, there's no like other secret trick to it except you can only do it when you're calm. You can only do it when you're genuinely curious, when you're genuinely connected to what your child is going through. And that's not always easy, but it's possible. And that's what we practice, you know, in my programs is like, how do we practice calming ourselves personally, our own nervous systems and our own mind so that we can think differently so that we can show up to, with our kids in that compassionate way and then compassionate just means kind of like sitting with sitting in it with them compati i've told you this before if you've listened to this podcast for a while compassion is really com like together and passion is struggle so with struggle together with struggle we are in it with them that's what compassion means and so thinking about how can i be in it with my child how can i connect to their emotion and validate it. And really thinking like what, when your child is really struggling, you can ask them, especially if they're, well, even if they're three, you can say, well, what do you need to manage this big feeling? What would help you right now? What would love look like right now? What would, what would support look like right now? What do you need? If they're real little, what do you need right now? I know you're sad, what do you need? 
Do you need a hug? Do you need to run around? Do you need to jump, into, jump a bit down? Do you need to throw this pillow on the ground? Do you need to get a big squeezy huggy kissy? Do you need some water? You can offer some solutions, right? Because feelings are temporary. They come and go. And your child's just looking for support and moving through that emotion. Now thoughts are going to come back again, right? And so you have your ability, your three things. One is to, you know, just be neutral and sort of not listen, right? The second is to be compassionate. And then the third option available to you is coaching. So when we have our child and they're struggling, and I know you all want like to teach them, right? You want to help them. You want to show them how to like, you know, achieve goals and, and not think so negatively and how to be confident and all of this, right? You want all of these things for them. So how do you do that? And it's not through lecturing. It's not through telling them. It's really through coaching which is what, what I do with you when you work with me and then what I teach you to do with your kids. Now, what coaching means is really giving the person, asking a few questions to give the person a new way to think it, because our thoughts create our feelings. So if we're able to think differently, then we're going to be able to shift our negative emotion. Now, we don't want to bypass that emotion. So you want to validate it and acknowledge it and then kind of guide that child towards a new way of thinking. So my questions with my son was, you know, are you thinking that this is going to be forever? That you're never, ever going to feel better? Oh, yeah. Do you think that's true? Do you think that, you know, Three weeks from now, it'll still hurt this much. What about a year from now? What about five years from now? <laughs> now, you have to be really careful because if you start to be sarcastic, they will know it and you will immediately lose your coaching. Because that's the thing about coaching is you really have to have built this like feeling of trust and that you are completely um, connected and like you're not making fun of their feelings. You're not thinking they're stupid that in their mind, this is true, and you're kind of guiding them towards a new way of thinking. So I'm going to give you a couple of coaching tools and strategies, which ultimately, these are all the art of asking questions. So when you're in that moment, and your child is really stuck in a negative thought spiral, and they're kind of, you know, overwhelmed or complaining, or just in that kind of groove, we're trying to shift them into a new thought. So two things are, the first one is to go back to the past. So having your child, you can ask them like, hey, have you ever been, you know, at a new place where you were worried and then you went to the new place before? Has, have you ever had this experience in the past? So you're helping them find some evidence that they have been through this thing before. So your kid might be like, yes, actually, when I first started kindergarten or when I went to camp last year or earlier this summer, whatever, when I went to the other camp or when I went to my friend's um, bar mitzvah and I didn't know anybody. And so you're saying, oh, OK, so then what did you do? How did that work out? What happened? 
and you're helping the person, the child, see that they have overcome this in the past. You're helping their brain have evidence that it is possible that they can figure it out. So what we're not doing here is saying, oh, no, 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 you're not gonna be lonely. Oh, no, 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 you're not gonna be the worst one. Oh, no, we're not discounting their thought. We're not trying to, you know, prove them wrong. We're actually saying, okay, so is if this is true, your thinking is true, have you ever overcome this in the past? Have you ever been through this hard thing? So that's one line of questioning that is available to you when you are ready to coach, when you are calm, when you have connected and you are ready to coach your kid through this emotion. Now, if they're not into it and they're like, what, stupid mom, I don't care, this dumb, just, okay, they're not open for coaching. That's fine. That's okay, no problem. Validate the, validate the emotion and move on. You can set a limit. Oh, okay, it seems like this conversation isn't something you wanna have. I'm happy to listen to you, you know, talk about your worries for another minute or two and then I've gotta get going on, you know, whatever task you have ahead of you, dinner or tidying up or, you know, laying down and reading a book, hopefully something nice and just saying, yeah, I'm not open. So one, that's one line of questioning is to help them tap into past you, you know, past me. What did I already accomplish? I also just want to say mamas and dads who are listening that you can do this for yourself too. Like if you're ever struggling with something and you're like really worried about it, you can ask yourself, like, when have I gone through this, something like this before? And what happened? Did I die or did I survive? Right? If you're listening to this podcast, you survived. So what did I do? How did I overcome that? Like what happened there? And what, what, what was hard about it? And then when did it become easier? And how do I think about that experience now? Just really kind of guiding yourself or your kid into that past self. The other strategy that I wanted to offer to you when you want to coach your kids is what I call worst case scenario, but playing it out. So past you is one. Now this one is called worst case scenario. So when your child is like, I, um, you know, I don't want to go to the basketball camp. I'm going to be the worst one. And your normal parent instinct is like, no, you're not. You're not going to be the worst one. What are you talking about? Everybody's new at it. Everybody's learning. It's okay to be a learner. Like we start kind of like just, you know, like kind of arguing with them, <laughs> trying to convince them not to think that way. And what about if you were like, okay, you might be <laughs> like, I know some of you are like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay. What if you are the worst player there? How do you want to handle that? What's the worst thing that could happen if you find out that you're the worst player? And then they're like, I'll be embarrassed. Like, okay, then what? Well, I would... I don't know. I would just like feel uncomfortable. Okay. And then what would happen? Well, I guess that it would end. Yeah. The, the camp would end right for the day. And then what? And then I would come home and then what? And then I would tell you and then what? And then you would give me a hug. Yeah. And then what? And then I would just forget about it. Oh, okay. And then what would happen the next day? If you were still the worst one, 
well, I wouldn't care as much. Oh, okay, great. So solving for our worst case scenario is really powerful. What if you're lonely at lunch? What if you don't know anybody? Yeah, okay, let's solve for it. And giving your child's brain a chance to look into the future and problem solve can really shift them instead of thinking this is the worst thing and I'm gonna basically, it's gonna be a terrible experience and I'm not gonna survive it. They are beginning to think differently of like, oh, I can do this. I can do hard things. I can be, you know, lonely and that's okay. I can be the worst one and that's okay. I can learn how to, you know, be uncomfortable. That's okay. So that's so powerful. Just if you can offer your children a way to believe deep inside of them that they are going to be okay, that will relieve so much of their anxiety, so many of their worries. So that's kind of what we're doing with coaching, giving you these two strategies so that you can understand that the best way to guide your children through a negative emotion isn't by telling them that they're wrong, that they shouldn't be thinking that, that it's not a big deal. It's not by telling them that the bad thing's not going to happen. It's not by telling them, it, you know, don't be silly. It's really by validating, that's connection, and then offering their brain a new way to think about the thing. That's coaching. And so that's how you handle a negative thought spiral. Those are your three tools. Either check out, calm yourself, just don't listen. That's number one. It's always available to you. Number two, connect with their big feelings. Validate, help them make sense of what's happening. And then three is coaching, offering them a new way to think about their experience and their challenge. And you do that by asking high quality questions, either about how they've overcome this in the past or solving for that negative future. All right. I am sure this was so helpful for you. Very meaty, um, you know, lots of strategies in this episode. And if you are loving the podcast, it would be really great if you would rate and review this on Amazon. I've never actually said that sentence before, but um, it helps. It helps get the word out. If you love this podcast and you want to like help other parents or you like are kind of a reviewer, which parenthetically, by the way, I just got elite status on Yelp because I've been doing so many reviews and it's super fun. I've been enjoying doing reviews lately. So if you like to do reviews, please go ahead and go on Apple Podcasts and review this podcast and then just share it. Share with your friends. Let them know about it and um, let them know about what we're doing over here in the Calm Mama Club and in, you know, in this podcast and what we're all working towards. So thanks so much if you do do that. That makes uh, means a lot to me. And thanks for listening. Honestly, that's my favorite. And I love, I love sharing all this stuff with you. And I hope you have a great week without a lot of negative thought spirals. All right. Bye.